0: Do you live your life rock boat to rock boat? If so, then welcome aboard the Boatcast, the podcast for rock boaters by rock boaters. Ladies and gentlemen, a person who needs no introduction to our Rockboat community and to our listeners, please welcome Don Shaw. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. So awesome having you.
1: Well, thank you. It's a lot of fun to be here.
0: Awesome. So, Rockboat Twenty Two would have been what boat for you? What what number? Eleven. Eleven boats amazing now have you been on 11 in a row or did you skip any years
1: yes it is 11 consecutive and i will tell you i ian and i started the same boat that red one influence started
0: oh that's cool yeah and then you got to and then you got to see the robe and robe ceremony for them this year
1: yeah, yeah. They're they're behind us only because they're artists and they had to at one point just not be on the boat.
2: Yeah. Well so, so speaking because... of that first boat, Don, who which artist drew you to hopping on the rock boat?
1: Oh, Carbon Leaf.
2: Okay.
1: Noviner Rec right or Carbon Leaf.
0: <laughs> nice. And uh Ian was is it was it is it also his 11th boat as well
1: yeah yeah we've we are we've been married for about 27 years and we typically go as a pair uh, not every very cool we'll do everything together but when it comes to live music we typically do
0: That's awesome it's cool It's kind of want to
2: hear that yeah
0: I got to meet Ian um, after you gave your speech on the boat it was not nice. okay Yep. You guys are standing by the uh you guys are standing by the jewelry or by the duty free where they sell the alcohol right there in the atrium. And uh okay. came up and uh, you know, introduced myself after after you gave your speech and um you know <clears throat> for those that are listening, you know, Dawn had the amazing opportunity this year to have an awesome platform to practice or rehearse a speech that you had planned on giving in los angeles and i don't know i just think it's really cool dawn that six man and hazel got together and were like let's let's do this and i know that the idea was out there on facebook and i think it's amazing how you know so you've been on 11 boats so you've seen some amazing performances in Spinnaker Lounge, I imagine, right?
1: Oh yeah, I like that space actually. I like n- that quite a lot.
0: It's it's, not it's, right it's a for go-
1: every artist, but it's a bit strange.
0: exactly. And then, like, for you as as a as a fellow rock voter, to then be given that same stage to present something that's near and dear to you, what was that like when you finally got the nod? this is going to happen.
1: It was overwhelming. I mean, I guess when it came up in the first place, you know, when I put it out there on Facebook, I mean, I was seriously ready to, like, give this to, you know, four people in their cabin. I mean, I just put it out there that I was going to have to rehearse it anyway. So if somebody wanted to listen in, I really didn't have a problem with that, and if it ended up being, you know, a few people, a dozen people, we'd just find a place, a corner. I mean, I guess there was this little kind of hope in the back of my mind that, you know, maybe somebody would pick up on it, but, I mean, it wasn't going to be me. I wasn't going to say, hey, let's do this. Um, so, you know, thankfully, it was um, it was Jim Hogue, I think, uh, really brought it to uh, six man's attention. And, um, I mean, it just kind of grew from there. I, I think, I mean, I know that they watch the Facebook page, and Six man Sarah did tell me that the reaction from Facebook was a primary reason for giving me that opportunity.
0: The voter spoke? Mm-hmm. You know?
1: I mean, you never know. Just because people say they're going to do something, I, you know, I, it could have been me and the bartender. You know, and you just right. never know what people are actually going to do.
0: Well, yeah. I know that as soon as it was on the schedule and put out there, I was like, I had circled it. I was like, I have to get there to see the speech, and I got there early. I got my seat, hunkered down, and. I was in the front row. I was dead center in the middle. I had uh, the the Bunces next to me to the left. And, and I'm recanting this now because I want you, Dawn, to see what the excitement was like from the viewer watching the artist, okay, in, 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 in Spinnaker. And I'm sitting there, and the Bunces are next to me who are seasoned veteran boaters. You got Tony Luca who's there who's a seasoned artist. And then... In walks Ken Block, who we knew was going to be introducing you to everybody. And from my seat, I could only see see you and the people to the left and the people to the right of me. And for those that have been in Spinnaker, it's kind of it's kind of set like a movie theater seating. It staggers up like in like like a half amphitheater kind of a setting. And I kept looking around. I kept seeing more people come in, more people, and as somebody who loves hearing individual rock voter stories, because that's the whole reason how the podcast started. When I started to see more people come in and more people come in, I just, I felt elated. I felt like, yeah, this is cool. Like, and you brought, and and I know I posted something the other day about how I felt personally being there. And again, and I meant every word of it in that moment of all that, awesome chaos that's going on in that boat, different bands performing and just anything else that you can think of to have a good time was going on. People chose to have a good time with Dawn and you really, you, you I don't know how you did it, but you managed to take that moment that you had and kind of like subconsciously remove us from the boat atmosphere and focus a little bit And humble everybody, I think, just a little bit more as to just be mindful about things. And so that's just from my standpoint. And I imagine there's others that felt that way. And my question to you is, how did you prepare for that moment leading up to your speech?
1: Well, I can tell you there is something different about Raffoat. I mean, I've given this speech a number of times. I mean, I'm a professional speaker, so it's what, what? I do. But there is something about Raffle that made it very different. I was actually more nervous for that particular presentation. I mean, it was right up there with doing my TEDx talk. I mean, I had that level of... I mean, I guess the biggest fear as a speaker is that everything you're gonna say just goes out of your head and it's gone and you're just standing there staring and not knowing what to say. Uh, Thankfully, once I got started, in fact, I will say that I did have to run it in my cabin a couple of days before because I wanted to make sure that it was all still in my head. And I started thinking about doing it for a rock boat crowd. And I f- was freezing up. In my cabin, I was freezing up. And so I literally had to talk myself down and say, you know what, it's going to be okay. And in some respects, having a, what I would call a bad rehearsal probably made the actual performance even better.
0: Now, <clears throat> talking yourself down, is that a... because you. Is that like a professional technique that's used by other individuals that do public speaking quite often? Or is that just something that that you do that's not really like a technique?
1: Well, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable in front of a crowd, as you might have noticed. In mm-hmm. general, you know, a lot of people, I think they say that public speaking is like most people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of death. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I have never had that issue. Public speaking has not been that kind of a barrier for me. But still, I mean, you want to give a good performance. You want to do it to the best of your ability when it's a crowd that matters. And that rock crowd, I mean, even though, I mean, obviously I wasn't getting paid for it. And, you know, I mean, normally when I do it, I'm a paid speaker, so yeah, I have to earn what I'm what I'm being paid. But it, it didn't. That wasn't even in my mind at all. I mean, what I'm thinking about are the people out there. I mean, there are artists in bands that I love. I mean, I know that there were members of Carbon Leaf there, there were members of Red One and Blue there, yeah. and I mean, these are people that I personally have a lot of admiration and respect for, and. Also, all the rock voters. I mean, you know, I didn't realize Ken stayed the whole time. I know, I knew Tony was there. I mean, he sat front and center, so I knew he wasn't going anywhere.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so, you know, it's, and, and Tony is actually has dabbled in public speaking. Okay. So, um, I mean, I, I actually was making a joke, and it's not really a joke, but it's the idea that performing in front of people you know is a lot harder than doing it for people you don't know. And I was having this conversation with some of the artists, actually, and I can't even imagine what it must be like for them on the performing for not only fans, but for other artists, because the other artists are the ones that notice everything. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would have been like if that room had been full of other speakers.
0: Yeah. That's, no, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's gotta be, you know, one of the most challenging things is performing in front of your own peers or people that, like, you know faithfully, like family and friends, and, because you know, because they know you. They know well, there's these... these
1: people. I mean, in all honesty, I, yeah, uh, some of my friends were there. You know, thankfully, I had some, some people I definitely consider friends. Uh, but there were a lot of people that, even though I know them, you know, like artists, mm-hmm. you know, they don't really know me. Right. And I mean, they now know, I mean, those that stayed for any amount of it definitely know me, know more about me than they probably ever have.
2: So. Did you find that after doing this, a lot more people were coming up to you throughout the boat? I mean, suddenly, people know, don
1: Well, yes, but in all honesty, people were doing that beforehand, too. Mm. It was kind of funny the number of people that were coming up to me. It's like uh, even before it happened, and it's like, well, how did your talk go?" And I said, "Well, it hasn't happened yet <laughs> or um or when is it or um so there were definitely people that were coming up to me beforehand as well and I knew it would happen afterwards just like oh I'm so sorry I missed it and I'm like well it happens
0: there wasn't any room left in there that place was packed (laughs) now as as a speaker Dawn when you're up there in that setting like Spinnaker and, and the nerves are going is there something that makes you as a speaker just get to that point where it's just like all right the nerves have have settled
1: just doing it i mean it just i mean thankfully it's something i know it's a speech i've right. done and mm-hmm. well, it only it was only the, i mean i was literally shaking i was kind of glad the nice thing about this finnifer is the about moves so no yes. tell that i was <laughs> shaking a little bit and but once I got going, it just all went away. And I mean, I knew that I had the audience's attention. So, right. That was definitely something. And I you think get it's. Going, you don't really think about. I mean, it's suddenly you're just in the moment.
0: Yeah, it's just that boat has a way with changing people's lives, whether you're an artist or a fellow rock boater it just there's it's this entity this being in for those that are listening you know that are getting prepared for rock boat 23 you know dawn i mentioned it earlier you know people watch that facebook page Mm -hmm. and there is and it's one of those things that's consistently repeated there is a sense of community on that boat there absolutely is and when a platform can be given to a fellow boater to help them in their professional, their personal and whatever endeavors it it is. It's like putting the call out. You know, I always imagine the, uh, the, the Rico, guy with the big horn and, uh, for the cough drops. <clears throat> and that's what it kind of reminds me of It's just putting out the big call there and, you know, people don't do it for any other reason than to just want to feel a sense of community. want to feel a sense of welcomeness and, and to also practice too. I mean, you weren't there asking anything from anybody. You just literally wanted to say, Hey, look, I got a big speech coming up. I, you know, just hear me out. And if you want to listen, you can listen. And then just like how it morphed into something amazing.
1: But it actually worked out well because yesterday I did speak at one of the colleges in my area and we recorded it for my future demo video. So the fact that I got to do it on the rock boat was very helpful because it was the first time I had performed in front of an audience for quite a period of time. And awesome. it gave me the confidence that I had it I you know, that it was there, but it was in my head that I could do it. And, I mean, it went well yesterday. I mean, aside from, you know, a, a few residual COVID things. I mean, I'm not contagious anymore, but um, my voice is definitely affected. Uh, my eye is a little bit red, which is going to be fun for, uh, for the video. But, you know, sometimes, because I, ha- I thought, well, you know, maybe I could just cancel the recording. And then I thought, yeah, and then what? <laughs> so I just well,
0: Then you'll get another... Oh, you, this recording or the recording for your, uh, no, your recording speech? your the for the speech.
1: For that, for Got
0: that it.
2: <laughs> but as you were saying all of this, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm hoping you're feeling better.
1: Oh, no, I'm fine, believe me. You know, mornings are rough because I don't sleep well, because I cough. But but later I get in the day, no, no, I'm great. I'm absolutely, Good. I, I would have, I mean, if I didn't think I was up to it, I'd have let you know. But it's fine. I'm fine.
0: Yeah, no, I mean. And I, I want to circle back to the platform that Six Man and, and and Hazel gave you the opportunity to to do such an amazing speech. And I just want to say, while I was sitting there listening to you, Don, and, and I know this is probably true for some people that were in the crowd, because obviously I can't speak for everyone or their own personal experiences or things people may or may not have said in their own past or thought about or had preconceived notions of, but you really did an amazing job with pointing out things and then having us each internalize it. And then I think everybody in there kind of did a little bit of a little self-reflection from being honest. Um, and that's what got me. I'm not going to lie. There was a part I don't, I may have had a couple cocktails before I got there, but I do want to say this, you know, I, When I get a a tear in my eye, it's because whatever is happening is typically so impactful and so emotional to me, personally, that it has an effect. And I was looking around that room, and there was people that were truly moved by what you were saying. And you could just see the wheels turning in people's heads.
1: Well, my hope is that people listened to what I had to say, and they found a way to identify with it or apply it to their own lives. I mean, that ultimately is my goal. It's not, I mean, obviously it's about me because I use my stories. Right. But it's, if people don't walk out of that room with something that they can apply to their own lives, then I have not accomplished what I set out to do.
3: Well said, well said.
0: You know it. It's it's nice to be like I said before. It, it's nice to be able in an atmosphere like the rock boat, and then provided that opportunity, to just on your own will take that moment and just sit and listen to something that, you know, nobody really knew what was going to go on when you got up there and spoke, right? Because it not nothing like that kind of has really happened before, so it was kind of cool, and you got up there. And I mean, you crushed it. So <clears throat> I think that anytime anybody in the boat community has um, a need to, to do a rehearsal speech or to, to somehow captivate our amazing family of, of fellow boaters that make this happen every year, I think, I think Six Man and Hazel do an amazing are, are doing an amazing job with giving people that platform. And enough can't be said for that and, and for your courageous ability to get up there and, and give this speech to us, you know, um, during a music festival. Like, come on, that's pretty cool, Don. <laughs> yeah,
1: they do. And, and I also feel uh, very fortunate that somehow they found a, a time slot that there wasn't that much else going on.
0: Yeah. They... It's just
1: one other artist. And, I mean, that was pretty amazing in and of itself. Uh, The other thing is, yeah, I have thought about that. I have thought about, I I made it what I hope was a positive experience for Sitzman. And, of course, it was a positive experience for me. And so I like to think, I mean, they have never done anything like that before. And so I like to think that maybe I helped open that door for other people to have opportunities if they want it.
0: It, and I'd be willing to bet that there were some first time boaters in that room and opening that door. When you just said that those first time boaters saw what the real rock boat is about. There's the music, which is a kick ass. There's, there's the drink packages, which is, are fun. There's all the extra activities, which are fun. But those first time boaters got to see an amazing company, do what I feel major companies should be able to do: bring it back to the fellow boater and make it real, and make it legit, and make it honest. And you had an awesome platform for that. And I would—it's just—it's almost unheard of nowadays. So,
3: and Chris, it goes—it goes along with what, like a lot of the people that were coming us to up to us, uh, telling us we want to hear more people, more experience of people on the boat, right? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's the, it's six men, you know, and sister Hazel kind of understanding what the boaters w- are wanting to get out of experience that they're always trying to one up it every year. Right. So, uh, they could add this to, to their repertoire, right? Yeah.
2: And I think after COVID and the isolation we all had, when we got back on that boat last year and it was that safe little bubble and even more so this year, the connection of the fellow boaters. I think the bands, it was always a given, but I think people really wanted to see that Rock Boat family.
1: Yes, and you notice how fast the uh, Rock Boat 23 sold out. Mm.
0: Ten days. And
1: and they said, well, not just how fast, but didn't Sarah say it was like 80%? Were return rock voters.
0: Uh huh.
3: Yeah, I I know I know. Uh, Mark and our crew, we we always are like, we got to just sign up because if we don't, if if we if we weren't on the previous one, we there's a shot that we might not even be able to even get back on the next one. That's well, how fast these things you, sell.
1: After after 11 votes, there's uh, the serious idea of FOMO.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And and not only that, I mean, like I say, I came on for Carbon Leaf. Ian and I booked be, or, originally because Carbon Leaf was on the boat. However, I will say, some of the best boats that we've been on have been ones where we really have not known very many of the bands. Tell us down like,
2: that what. Was it not having to be in a certain place at a certain time and going with the boat?
1: I think that may be part of it. It just takes the pressure off. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get to discover, I mean, sometimes you have time to discover bands that, even though they've been on the boat before, maybe you really didn't pay that much attention. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say, I mean, I don't love every band. I, I, I think that's kind of, right. you know, duh. And anybody who says they love every band and artist is probably lying. Um, <laughs> but sometimes I'll go, all right, what was it about that particular band? And I'll go see them again, even if I don't remember having a good impression. Um, but I'll go. And sometimes it'll be like, oh, yeah, that's why. And sometimes it'll be, oh, well, okay, maybe maybe it's not as bad as I remembered, so.
3: Yeah, that that's happened. I, I've had that experience, right? Um, I went to see a show, right, and I just, I was tired. I wasn't, like, into the music, so I wasn't really getting the experience, right? And then the next time I went to go see them, I said, what was I thinking the first time? And then I went to go see them at an actual like concert, and I was like, "Man, the the third time was like the charm." That I was like, "Man, these guys are awesome."
1: Well, and sometimes it's the venue. I mean, we talked about the Spinnaker. Not every band or artist is going to play one. Well right. The Spinnaker. Yeah. Uh, and the same with um, Magnums. Um, yeah. And even the pool deck doesn't always play well for certain artists. Mm-hmm. And yet, there are some that the. I think most of the artists will tell you that Stardust is their favorite place to play. And I think it's because I have more control over the sound.
0: Makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: And. But I mean, the, the vinegar, uh, um the audio wise, is, is a good venue. It doesn't work well for bands that are really
2: loud. Yeah, singer songwriters sound great in there.
1: Yeah, or even uh, we saw Beaches in there, and they did really well in there.
2: Yeah. I
0: feel like... I feel like the Beaches uh, was one of those bands where you you may not have had them on your schedule for some. They were on my schedule, but for the ones that, like, stumbled across through Magnums and caught that show, mind-blown. Like... That place was so packed. <laughs> like It brought yeah, me back that's... to when Mom Rock was there, and uh, they had that place. There was nowhere to stand, and there was just like... And it's so cool, too, right? So it's like... Then you get other artists that, like, come in and watch, and you can just, like, see who those are, and they're just, like, hanging out watching. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's neat to be able to stumble upon... Something so unique, and then be lovers of their music for the rest of your life,
1: yeah, and so we've definitely discovered some I mean I have artists who have genuinely become friends uh I've had other artists that we follow that we probably never would have even discovered, except for
0: rockboat. They do an amazing job with the talent that they bring onto the boat, and that talent runs deep with the artists and the interactions. Between artists and 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 a fellow boater, there's not an artist that I've met on the boat that is above someone. Um,
3: Don, Don, there is there is one question I have for you because I have a speech up and coming here in the summer. You're doing TEDx uh, as well? No, no, no. It's so I'm giving a best band speech. Shout out! Shout out, Nate. Nate. Um, So I'm I'm wondering, so I'm, I'm one of the, I'm one of the, I'm one of the type of people like a lot of times I'm, I just go up there and I wing it. Right. So when you're preparing for your speech, like, like having, having to know kind of word by word preparation of what you say, how much of that is kind of, did you wing it? Just write jot down points or, or or what kind of advice would you, I, I guess, give to somebody giving a speech if they're if they're my type of personality
1: well I mean it, things work differently for everyone I mean I my speech is completely written out now I do not recite it word for word the trick is to know it well enough that you can ad-lib that you can deviate from it And yet always know that you can go back to what you know, your prepared material. I mean, obviously there were references, there were things that I said on the rock boat that was very specifically rock boat.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, A lot of people mentioned the bass player joke. The bass player joke I actually tell all the time. It was was good. (laughs) And nothing against, I mean, some of my favorite people are bass players. So I mean, it's not not a cut at any particular person. Um, just uh, you know, a lot of people pick on drummers too. So I, I suppose I could have said I look like a drummer, but uh, but anyway.
0: Well, to- I look like a bouncer, so <laughs>
1: yeah, actually, <absolutely>, kind of do. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: you do, Chris. But,
0: well, um, the good news is, go ahead, Don.
1: I was just going to say, back to your question, uh, though, the trick is to just know enough of what you want to say that you can change it up if you need to.
3: Yeah, and not and not have... Uh, sometimes I get the tendency to ramble on, right, if I don't know where I'm going with it. So you know, to be funny, prepared enough...
1: Funny you should mention that. One of the things is it's, when you talk to people who really are speakers... They know when to stop talking.
3: Yeah. Makes sense. Have
1: conversations with a lot of people and sometimes it's like, okay, anytime you can, you know, people. I mean, one of the things that I've had to learn is how to be a good listener.
3: Giving some good pearls here. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I needed. I well, needed some preparation here, and I think I got some. I
0: well, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll be at that wedding.
3: I'll
0: I will be at that wedding. Don. His name's Nate. And
2: he's he's not many rock boats. He has yeah. his track jacket, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. He um, he's like my best friend. We started going. I, I've I brought him on to. Uh, my second boat was his first boat, and uh, I think like the next five. We, we all kind of, we, we did them all together. But uh, he's he, he's my old partner in crime on the boat and uh, been one of my best friends all through college.
0: So, Don, after Eamon gives his speech, um, I will come back and I will shoot you an email with a report card on how he did.
2: Or you can just bring Don as your plus one and
3: Don really can good. give the talk.
2: Chris is it's going to
3: gonna cost you, though, Eamon. Now, now I'm getting critique on it. Now you're making me nervous.
0: <laughs> Don, do you have a website for those that are listening that can reach out and find more information about you and, and what you do and what you offer?
1: Uh, yeah, my professional website is Don Shaw Speaks. So my name Don T W N Shaw S H A W Speaks. Ellen.com.
0: awesome and for those that are listening um that uh that website and um, anything Don Charles speaks related will be located in the in the bio of, of today's podcast and um Dawn, real quick before we wrap up here excitement for rockbow 23 question
2: is are you going on it
1: yeah, yeah, we're already signed up.
2: That yes. was not even a question. That was a given.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I honestly, uh, we are talking about going to the U.K. this fall. And so that was a serious conversation that my husband and I had to have was, can we afford a new ball? Yeah. And we decided, yeah, we're going to go for
2: it. So. For you you know speaking of speaking of that and the fact that you have um you are paid to do this for the listeners who might have businesses or are interested kind of what kind of people might reach out to you to just to, to come and speak to their company
1: okay well um, my typical audience is colleges okay Uh, college students. Um, I do feel like my message is relevant for anyone from like middle school up into adulthood. Uh, I I will add, I'm glad you brought that up, because one of the things that was really interesting for me was to see how this speech played to a mature adult audience. I mean, of course, college students are adults, but I mean, when you're talking about people who are out there that already have careers and lives and whatnot, that is a different audience. So people who have lived more life. And it was very interesting for me to to hear how that played for, for that type of audience. And I was very excited that it went over well.
0: It was a hot, it was, you know, we did our recap episode uh, that we aired released uh i think it was on wednesday and um me mark and amon each went through our our top you know around about 22 moments in honor of Rockboat 22 and your speech was uh was number two for me so um i mean in that i saw a lot of awesome things on that boat and uh you Kudos to you, Don. You you hit the ball out of the park. So, I um well, thank I thank you I so much.
1: Absolutely delighted to have that opportunity to share my message.
0: Well, Dawn, we appreciate you finding some time today to chat with us about all things Dawn and your and your time on this past boat and and you speaking and um you know we look forward to seeing you on the boat. In like th- only like 300 and some odd days. So it's cool. We're almost there. Right around the corner. <laughs> Don, thank you so much for your time.
3: Well, yes, thanks, Tom thank so much for
1: having me. I so much appreciate it.
3: See Absolutely.
2: you on a boat.